So uh, this video is going to talk about the book. I want to give you all some more information on that as well as give you some context as I share a testimony on that. So Craig, when you're ready, you can play that video. Chuck Norris here. And I want everyone to get ready for God's plan for you. Written by Tim Outlaw. Hi, I'm Tim Outlaw. In 2006, I picked up a book by Chuck Norris. In it, I was encouraged repeatedly that God has a plan for each of us. At the time, I was 22. I had a relationship with Jesus, but I didn't know what God had planned for me. I was going through life with little sense of direction. I had just left Texas to take a temporary job in California, and I had no college education, no career plans, no girlfriend, and all these things made me take a look at my life and where I was going. And I realized I had no clue where I was heading. With all that going on, I decided to spend more time in prayer and Bible study than I ever had up to this point in my life. I wanted to know God more and seek out His direction for my life. After months of focus and dedication to hearing the voice of God, His plan started to become clear. God led me back to my hometown in Texas to start a college ministry. Now, 15 years later, I have a successful career in ministry. I've been all over the world. I have a happy marriage and two children, and God has been with me and directed my steps. I know this with absolute confidence, and I still continue to seek after God, and he still reveals more and more of his plans and purposes to me. Okay, you may ask, what's the secret? How can I have confidence in God's direction for my life? It's plain to us in Scripture that we can learn and know the will of God for our lives. The book of Romans tells us that when we're transformed by the renewing of our mind, then we'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. We can know his plans and his purpose for us. So the next question is, how do I become transformed? How do I renew my mind and change my thinking? What does that even look like? My book, God's Plan for You, lays out a course step by step. In less than five minutes a day, you can be transformed by the word of God and learn to discern for yourself what God's best is for your life. God has plans for you and your life. Pick up this book today. Your friend, Chuck Norris. So again, I, I shared that with y'all to let y'all know more about the book, but also need to give you context and testimony. I'm going to share here in just a bit. Um, but every time I play that, even amongst family, there's always questions that pop up. The first being, was that Chuck Norris? Yes, it was. And even when I uh, shared this with my brother-in-law, his response was, well, was that really Chuck Norris? <laughs> and then it leads to a lot of lines of questioning about Chuck Norris. How old is he? He's 82. And then that usually follows by, he looks really good for 82. Yeah, yeah, he does. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, people want to know, so he's a serious follower of Christ? Like, he, like he, he's a Christian? Like, yeah, actually, if, if you... You heard about how his book impacted me. Uh, if you go to his website, there's an abundance of free Bible resources there. And then the final question is, so how did I get him to endorse my book? Great question. And that's part of the testimony I want to share with you all this morning. Um, go ahead and if you would, open up your Bible to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And as you're opening up, the title of today's sermon is God's Plan for You. I know, big surprise, right? So Ephesians 3.20, this is my favorite passage in the entire Bible. It says, 
Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. So with God at work in our lives, we can do abundantly more than we can ask or even think. So I want everyone to stop and think for a second. What is a situation in your life that is too big for you? Situation in your life that's too big for you. Is there a decision you're struggling with? Is there a relationship that needs healing? Is there anxiety, stress, or even depression you're, you're struggling with? What is the situation in your life that's too big for you? And looking at this passage, Ephesians 3.20, we know not only can God work in that situation, but he can do abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. And the, the obvious question you want to ask is like, well, what do I do in the midst of my situation, right? And obviously, I don't know everyone's situation here. But I do think I have some good biblical advice to give to everyone, regardless of your situation. And for some of y'all, this might be revolutionary biblical advice. Y'all ready for this? You should know what to do. You should know what to do. I want to look at scripture to back up what I'm saying. Let's look at Proverbs 3, 6. Proverbs 3, 6. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Now, we can't know the path unless we're first seeking his will, right? But it says, seek his will, and he'll show you which path to take. Let's look at Psalm 119, 105. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Lights the way, illuminates the path, makes it obvious the direction we're supposed to go in life, right? In a dark path, it's easy to get lost. It's easy to not know which way you're going and just wander off the path. Y'all ever go to the movies and have to take a potty break in the middle of the movies? Yeah? I mean, come on. That last Avengers movie was like four hours long, and it wasn't just me. So if you go to the movies... You look right or left, there's this illuminated, sometimes it's a ramp, sometimes it's a staircase. It's always this illuminated path. It's really obvious the direction to exit and find the bathroom, right? No one's going to the movies and going, huh, I don't know where to go to exit. It's very obvious. The same is true. I know it's a silly analogy. God's Word. When we're in it, when we, we, we are looking at God's Word, it will illuminate, make it obvious the direction we're supposed to go. All right, let me go and get to point one here. And this is the main point. So if you're a little ADD like me and you kind of zone out sometimes, this is the one thing to get out today. Y'all ready? God will show you his plan when you seek him. God will show you his plan when you seek him. It is God's character to show his plan, his will to you. And I'll go back to my earlier uh, question and statement about, hey, you, you should know what to do and just clarify. If this is your first week at church, or you put your faith in Christ earlier this year, you, you probably don't know what to do, right? But, as Proverbs 3, 6 says, when we seek him, right, that he's going to show us which path to take. If we are daily in God's word, if we're spending time in prayer, if we're surrounded in Christian fellowship, right, if we're doing the things we know we ought to be doing, you should know what to do, right? You should know what path to take. And I want to give you guys more reasons how I know you should know. So, uh, share a Bible story with y'all. Um, I was reading last year, my son, uh, 
it's a, it's a kid's version of the 12 men that went to spy on Canaan. And I want to share that with y'all, much like I shared with my son. Um, if y'all want to look at the scripture for that, it's Proverbs, uh, sorry, Numbers 13 and 14. I'm not going to read that uh, whole thing, but I'll just share with y'all the kid's version. So God tells Moses, send men to go check out Canaan. So Moses sends 12 guys. They go, they find clusters so big, it takes two guys to carry. The people are large and powerful, even giants. And Caleb speaks up, let's go take this land. But the other men said, well, we can't. Obviously, they're stronger than us. So God's people begin to cry out, why is God taking us here? Let's die in battle. And Joshua and Caleb tried to persuade them, this is a good thing. God will bring us safely into this land. But the people continued in fear. And then God said he would disown and destroy his own people for their unbelief. So then we see Moses, he prays, he intercedes, and God heard his prayer. He didn't destroy the Israelites. Instead, he said, they wouldn't enter the land, except for Caleb and Joshua. They were different. They were faithful. They were obedient. Okay, so just sum that up real quick. So God tells him, go check out this thing that I have for you before acting. Right? Then most of them respond with fear. I think we can all relate to that, right? Isn't there stuff in life where you... God directs you and you get scared. Maybe it's something like, Timothy, I need you to volunteer in the children's ministry. No, Lord, send someone else. I don't know what it is for y'all, right? But <laughs> there's things in life where God directs us. And it's scary, right? Fear gets in the way. Um, and then we see two ends to this story, right? There's punishment for most of the Israelites. And there's reward for Joshua and Caleb, um, because they were faithful, they were obedient. And notice the punishment for most Israelites was not getting the thing God promised. So I was reading this children's story to my son uh, early last year, and in the midst of that, I was a whole book thing. And I'll circle back to that in a minute, but the bottom line is I had a lot of fears associated with, with the book, and I wanted to quit. And then I read the story, I was convicted, and the thing too, I was reading this Bible story, the kid's version, and I thought, man, God is being harsh. Surely this kid's version isn't very accurate, right? And so I began to dig into scripture. I just want to share one verse with you guys from Numbers 13. It's Numbers 13, verse 2. It says, send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving, which I am giving to the people of Israel. It surely sounds like pretty clear that God's just going to give them the land. So why did they cry out like it's a death sentence? Well, let's look at another translation. This is the ESV. Let's look at the King James. In uh, Numbers 13, verse 2. Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give, which I give unto the children of Israel. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I read the Bible and I go, well, that, that sounds really obvious, like this is what it's saying. And I just read two translations, it sounds really obvious, this is what it's saying, like God is giving them the thing. So then I, I dig deeper, I looked at other translations, I looked at concordances and cross-reference. I, I, one of my favorite things is to look at blue-letter Bible, and it shows you like the Hebrew and the Greek, and it teaches you the words used, like, hey, is this a good translation, is this making sense? And so I look at all that, 
And y'all, God was giving them the land. So what happened? Why were they crying out like God was going to you know, have them die in battle? God's direction for them was clear. And I believe God's direction for us is clear when we're actively seeking him out. But our fears, our feelings, the world gets in the way of all that, doesn't it? Proverbs 3, 6 says, seek his will in all you do, and he'll show you which path to take. So I've laid out scriptures and about sort of show you God will show you his plan when you seek him. And I just want to emphasize that God directs his people, y'all. God directs his people. I mean, how many times in scripture we see the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. The word of the Lord came to Isaiah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah and on and on. And you might say, well, those were prophets. Okay, well, what about all the times an angel of the Lord came and spoke to his people? What about when a burning bush talked to Moses? What about when a whirlwind talked to Job? Time and time again, we see in Scripture, God directs his people. And if you're actively seeking him out, make consistent commitment to obey his word, I think the chances are you know what to do. I do want to just argue myself for a little bit because I know as I studied this and looked into this, guys, there's times in life that are hard. There's times in life that God has us in seasons of waiting. Uh, take Job, for instance, okay? So Job is blameless, he's upright, very wealthy man. And then he loses everything. And the 40-something chapters of Job is basically him seeking counsel, advice from his friends. And so you could say, hey, Job didn't know what to do. I could also argue with you in chapter 2, in the beginning of the story, when Job's wife told him to curse God and die, Job knew to be faithful and endure. But still, what I'm trying to say is there's times that are hard. There's times that we're in seasons of waiting. I think of the story of Moses. I think of the story of Elijah where they a little extra help, a little extra discernment, a little you know, push. You know, there's this story with Elijah where an angel of the Lord comes and brings him a cake. And you know, the, the still small voice points Elijah the way he's supposed to go, right? There's times where we're waiting on the Lord and we need a little extra direction. So what do we do then? We'd be obedient to what God has said. We'd be obedient to what his word says. So we should always know what to do, because even in these hard seasons, these seasons of waiting, we'd be obedient to what he's already said. Let me share with you guys King David's dying words to his son Solomon. This is 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 3. Keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, and his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all you do, wherever you turn. So again, number one, God will show you his plan when you seek him. And if you don't know what to do, well, number two, be obedient to what you know he said. And I think that starts with loving God and loving people, right? So regardless of where we are in life and we're in that hard season, you don't know, need a little direction, we spend time being obedient to what God has said. Uh, living out what his word says day to day. And y'all, the church needs to be filled. And I don't mean Momentum Christian Church. I mean the church, the body of believers around the world, needs to be filled with Christ followers that are wholeheartedly following God and are confident in his direction for their life. Because when someone peeks their head in the church for the first time, when someone peeks their head, you know, head in your house, you know, asking questions about Jesus, they're wanting direction. 
They want to know that you have this direction from the Lord. And the Lord offers that direction, y'all. So I got one last thing, which is kind of a long thing, which is to share with y'all my own struggle of hearing God's voice and direction in my life, which goes a lot with the book uh, and that whole testimony. So uh, in 2019, I was praying, and it was really clear there was a still, small voice, right? And I knew from that still, small voice I wanted me to work on a video course with, with Nation Nation on how to discern God's will. Now, understand, that's not what I do day-to-day. A lot of my day-to-day is stuff, getting resources out to those countries in Asia I was talking about. I don't write Bible courses. I don't write books. That's not normal for me. So I had to go to my supervisors and the board members of this place and say, hey, I feel like the Lord is leading me this direction. Can I work on this? And I got the thumbs up. And I procrastinated that for a year. And I had some good excuses, but I procrastinated that. And again, at this time, it's a video course. So that was 2019. 2020 rolled around. And, you know, the pandemic hit. And all of a sudden, a 40-minute drive each way to work wasn't happening. You know, a lot of my work, again, is administrative, planning out trips, getting things into other nations. There wasn't a lot of travel happening in 2020. So all of a sudden, I had some extra time. So I began to finally, uh, you know, work on this course pretty seriously. And again, video course at this time. And then I got together about six hours of content, you know, teaching, preaching kind of content on discerning God's will. And I had pastors and mentors and leaders I know look at it and give me advice. And they just tore it apart. What was left standing was 21 scriptures, 21 stories. And Sarah and I looked at that and go, well, that's, that's a book. That's not a video series. And just a little side note on that. Um, there is a video series as well. It's called God's Plan for Me. And we filmed it with my friend Zach Taylor. It's a whole other story. But part of the testimony, so I wanted to share that with y'all. So anyway, it turned into a book. And y'all saw the, the video of Chuck Norris. You know, he had a big impact in my life. And I was telling my wife, you know, I, in prayer, I felt like, you know, maybe there's this nudge from the Lord that I should get Chuck Norris involved. And I'm like, I don't know how to talk to Chuck Norris. <laughs> so there's all that. And so it's this little book, and I looked into publishing it. And I submitted it to 103 publishers. And then started a bit of an emotional roller coaster as uh, 100 of them rejected me. And then uh, three of them got back with me. Uh, semi-positively, and the first time one of them showed any interest, you know, uh, it was something like, hey, we need more information, we might be possibly interested in, in, you know, working with you, you can ask Sarah, I came to her and just ugly cried, like happy tears, but, you know, you can't see out your eyeballs, that kind of crying, and, um, you know, I'm trying to make words, and words aren't coming out, and, uh, yeah, I was just so excited about it, and that was, you know, 2020. And so there's three publishers I was talking with, one very seriously talking with because they had the best offer. Now, again, 2020, brick and mortar stores are going out of business left and right. Publishers are going out of business. And so as I'm talking with one of them, um, the main one I wanted to go with, they called me two weeks after this and said, we're so sorry, our distribution partner has gone out of business. We can print, but we cannot distribute the book. Oh, well, that's pretty useless. So then I'd go back to these other two publishers that I've kind of ignored, and they didn't respond to my emails. Now, amidst all this, you should know I've emailed Chuck Norris 
at least 20 times, okay? So I got really discouraged. And as I tried to publish it, as I tried to do all these things, get the endorsements and everything, I got frustrated and I put all this on pause for a while. And that was March last year. And I was reading my son the story of the 12 men that went to spy on Canaan and how fear held them back. But they knew what to do. The same was true for me. And I got really convicted to push forward that God put this on my plate to do. I need to do this and push forward with renewed vigor. And I remember the next day looking to a lot of ways to, to get Chuck Norris involved. And if y'all wonder why that, because of conviction, you know, a, a endorsement really helps get a book out there. So if I can get someone like Chuck Norris on board publishing it and getting it out there. So at this point, I had already contacted Chuck Norris's agent, his manager, his website, two fan clubs, his water company, his Facebook, his Twitter. Y'all get the idea, right? I've reached out every way I know possible. And so I'm looking into it. And then I find his foundation, Kickstart Kids, is down the street from the Nation to Nation office in Houston, right, where I work every day. So I was like, this is it. Praise the Lord. This is how I'm going to get him on board. So I email him, auto response. I call, voicemail. Call again, voicemail. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go down there. So I remember it was like 3 o'clock on a Tuesday. I go down there. Y'all, there's no one home. And I can now explain to you the intricacies of what they do, and their people travel a lot and stuff, but that's, that's the bottom line. There was no one there. So that didn't work. And pretty shortly after that, put it on pause again. I wanted to quit again, because what do I do, right? And remember, this whole project started with a still, small voice from the Lord. And so, there's a Sunday morning, I believe this is in May, last year, I went to church, and trying to push all the stuff aside from the week, the garbage, you know, everything, and just focus on Jesus and worship him, right? And as I'm doing that, I heard a still small voice again. It said two things. First was, I'm not done with you. And the second thing was Ephesians 3.20. Now to him, is it to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. And so I knew to move forward with this book, those words God gave me. I knew that's what he was talking about. It was very obvious that was heavy on my heart. I had that quit in me, and that spirit of quit was gone after that. But here's the thing. I've submitted to every publisher I know possible. I've done all the editing on the book I know possible. I've done everything I know possible to move this thing forward. So what do I do? Right? So I just basically go back to life like normal, but you know, make sure I'm living out God's word, make sure I'm being obedient to what his word says, you know, love people, love God, do my work as worship to the Lord. I do that. And then it was July last year. I got an email from Chuck Norris. And I cried like a baby, y'all. And, you know, there's, of course, there's a factor of that that is, Chuck Norris just emailed me, and he's a hero of mine. But it was so much more than just, I got an email from Chuck Norris. It was seeing Ephesians passages alive. And it's that when we let the Holy Spirit work in our life, we can do more than we can imagine. And guys, you, I don't know if you saw that list of all those countries. This book is doing countries that I've never even thought of. 
it was seeing Proverbs 3, 6 is true, and is that work in my life? That when we acknowledge God, he's going to force us to go. God's done more in my life than I can imagine. I know the same is true for everyone here. We do far more than we can imagine. We have to acknowledge him in everything we do, and he's going to make that direction, that path obvious. And if we don't know what to do, if that season of waiting, be obedient to what you know he has said. Shall pray with me? You close your eyes, bow your heads. You know, at the start here, I asked, you know, hey, was there a decision you're struggling with? Or is there something that's just too big for you? And I just ask you, just take 20 or 30 seconds, just bring that before the Lord right now. Father, I thank you that you speak to your people, Lord. You direct your people. And God, when we acknowledge you in everything we're doing, God, that you make it plain what path we're supposed to go. And God, I thank you too, Lord, that you gave us your, your word, Lord, the Bible, Lord, here to help direct us, Lord, in the day-to-day on, on what things we need to do, on loving people, on you know, how we do our work and, and how we make our decisions, God, and you give us so much here to walk out day to day. And Lord, I know uh, seeing, Lord, we're obedient to what your word says, Lord, that you just accomplish infinitely more than we think possible. And God, you know the situation in every heart, every life here this morning, God. So Lord, I just ask your Holy Spirit to just be with them and direct them, God. And Lord, if there's, there's scriptures, there's passages Lord, where we're struggling to walk them out, God, you'd bring the encouragement, you'd bring the strength, Lord, you'd bring the people to support and to encourage and to walk that out, God. Lord, I thank you so much for your word, for leading and guiding us, and Lord, for all you do in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.